Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Vault Dwellers, Wastelanders, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. This is your host, Tom or Robots, and this is the beginning of Spooptober. This is going to be a very, very fun month, and I'm here, as usual, with my creepy assistant, Neos Pandora. Neos Pandora, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Very good. I've got the mood set, I've got the lighting down, I've got some creepy lights going, and... In order to kick off this month of discussing some of the spookiest things in Fallout, we have a very special guest. Some of you who are watching during the live show or watching during the uh, the YouTube video will recognize our special guest. Somebody who is well-known in the Fallout community, a YouTuber, a streamer, a podcaster, somebody who is in a master builder in Fallout 76 from the United Wastelanders Network, the Fallout Feed and Dames Who Game, among many other things that have been done and a musician and and also a wonderful person to talk to. And this is actually the first time I've been able to get her on this show. We have Jessica Starr. Jessica, welcome to the show. I dare say, Tom, you're giving me the vapors with that intro. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the vapors. Oh, my. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, hey, Tom. I- greets Lainey. So glad to be here with you guys. This is going to be fantastic. And I am excited to help bring in the spoopy. The spoopy. I hope I didn't get you all for clumped. Oh, only a little, only a little, but you know, that can be spooky too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> frights bring us to the verge of tears and that can happen in Fallout, no doubt. No doubt. And you know what? That's one of the things that we love about Fallout is the the atmosphere. It, it goes all the way from the goofiest of goofy, w- wacky wasteland to the creepiest of the most unsettling things. And like a middle schooler preparing for my first speech, I'm going to quote the Merriam-Webster dictionary here and... 
we're talking about the most unsettling things specifically to you, Jess, and unsettling. The definition of unsettling here is having the effect of upsetting, disturbing, or get this, discomposing. Not decomposing. It's close. It's close to decomposing. Discomposing. Discomposing. Yeah, it gets rid of your composure. Yes. It sounds like it's uh, something that my English teacher did to most of my essays in uh, 10th grade. She definitely discomposed that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It made them bleed with the red ink all over the place. Absolutely. So I'm very curious because this is is the beginning of our Spooptober series of shows. We're going to be talking about unsettling things in Fallout. When it comes to the Fallout games in general... What do you find to be the most unsettling things in the games? Do you want to start with the most unsettling things? Do you have a list? I, you've been thinking about this for a little while since we've talked about you joining us on the show. How do you want, how do you want to kick this off? Well, let's go with what makes the atmosphere scary, because there's a lot to talk about there. So let's mm-hmm. just talk about the general atmosphere of Fallout first. Okay. Um, and not Fallout first specifically, because that's a little less scary, because <laughs> there's a- less griefers in 76 <laughs> if you got the Fallout first. That's a different thing altogether, yes. Totally different. So what makes the atmosphere scary across the Fallout series? Well, one of the first things is the overall aesthetic as you walk around, because when the bombs dropped October 23rd, as all of our listeners know, I'm sure. Um, a week before Halloween. Before Halloween. I know. Exactly. Right. And so there are decorations, classic Halloween decorations, faded, worn uh, Halloween decorations everywhere. Sometimes streamers, sometimes banners. Uh, so that definitely has an effect. Yes. Yes. And you see that. Um, in fact, they very specifically have locations in Fallout 76 as the most recent Fallout release where that you come across these things. In fact, you even come across Christmas decorations in a few very specific specific locations. But uh, but Halloween is the holiday holiday that was put on hold due to the bombs dropping. And there are still some places that are were just kind of set up. And so you end up with these like creepy decor just kind of hanging out there. It's a great excuse for random skulls, you know, decorative ones to go along with all the bones you find on the ground, which kind of leads me to the next thing that's so scary about Fallout. Mm-hmm. Everything can kill you. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I yes. mean, think about it. Think about when living with this in the world of Fallout. Okay. Uh, as they, you know, as they say, if the Raiders don't get you, the Rads will, because you leave your house, you've got creatures, okay, around every corner, something as simple as a roach. If you're unprepared, sleeping, uh, not feeling well, maybe that'll get you. Mm-hmm. Up, creatures keep going, they get worse and worse until you get to, of course, the things we're all scared of, you know, death claws, minor alert kings. Right, right. Um, well, any you, number of things. You bring up, you bring up the rad roaches and this is this is like the dilemma of everybody's afraid of potentially going in the ocean and getting attacked by a shark. But statistically speaking, there are something like no more than 12 human deaths or injuries per, by shark per year worldwide or something like that. Right. You're way more likely sure more people die from vending machines falling on them. <laughs> right. You're, you're way more likely to get killed by a vending machine or by bees. Bees are actually way more deadly, like orders of magnitude more deadly than sharks. Right. So when it comes to something like the wasteland, running into a death claw is probably significantly more rare than running across a rad roach. But when you actually think about the size of a rad roach, and this is one of the things I like to do on the show, is put people in the position of actually being in this world. I don't know how big your dogs are. What kind of dogs do you have? My dogs? Yes. 
FYI, I have adorable pugs. Okay. They're not feral pugs or radiated pugs, right. just straight pugs. Pugs. <laughs> Do you think rad roaches are the same size as your pugs? Oh, yeah. And a little bit longer. And my pug right. is, you know, the size of like a shuttle PC case. OK, he's a chubby pug. Yeah. But no, rad roach is bigger. Yes. OK. So when you see a regular sized rad roach or not rad, rad roach, when you see a regular sized <laughs> roach or spider or something in your room, most people are like, Ugh, right. You're like, Ugh, like that. If you were to see a rat, a rat in your room, like a six <laughs> inches long rat, you'd be like, oh, my God, there's a rat. Right. If you saw a roach the size of a dog in your house <laughs> like what would you do like you would have to get a gun out or a baseball bat and try to club the thing over the head you know like that thing could legitimately do some damage like, and that's the smallest of creatures. You right. know, this is this is the go kill 10 slimes, go kill 10 rats in the basement. You know, that is the weakest creature that you wake up in, say, you know, um, 111 and you're walking through and you got to kill it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm. These are the things that showed up in Vault 101 when you were learning how to use your little BB gun as a kid. Right. And you're like, shoot the rad roaches. Oh, OK. These are the little things that you kill. Right. These are the kill the rats quest, like you mentioned. Yeah. So rad roaches. And now I can't imagine a roach that would be big enough that would it would be hard to fit on my desk in front of my monitor or what I would even do if one just showed up in front of me. And those are probably hundreds of times more likely to come across in the wasteland than a death claw. But just as likely to say, maybe chew your fingers off. Yeah. <laughs> So we are, I mean, getting into the lore here, the bestiary of Fallout, as it were. This is the bottom of the totem pole. And so they do keep going up from there, everything being progressively more dangerous. you got to level up a lot. Think about the average settler, okay? Say you uh, Diamond City guards walking around, okay? Or, mm -hmm. or people standing guarding the bridge to Rivet City, okay? They're heavily armed. Uh, they have armor. And uh, they can handle most of what comes out the city. But if they were rushed by a pack of feral ghouls or they were rushed by a group of Mirelurks coming up from the water, they could be overwhelmed. Uh, the average citizen, the only time they really feel safety is inside the confines of a settlement. Uh, yes. So in addition to creatures, I just want to mention, it's not just the creatures, it's also the people. But be because of the atmosphere of Fallout, because of the fact everyone is scraping to survive, we know there are lots of raiders and it becomes a dog-eat-dog -dog world in a lot of ways. Um, also, the weather. Okay, so if the Raiders don't get you, the rads will. Now we're talking rads. You can have a nice day on the beach with your toes kind of dipping in the water lazily. And in two hours, you're going to be feeling nauseous. And in five hours, you're going to be dead if you fall asleep. Right. And maybe your toes will start to rot off or, you know, who knows yeah. what other things I mean, maybe, you might have got from the water. Yeah. <laughs> get ghoulified. <laughs> sure. But it is a dangerous situation. Uh, so that's just something to remember. I think people, because we play, you know, the sole survivor or the courier, sometimes we forget how dangerous this world is to everyone in it. Absolutely. And that really adds to the atmosphere. Yeah. Somebody posed the question. I don't remember which Discord this was on. Oh, I think this was on um, the the Fallout uh, community uh, team discord the, the whole was was this you did you post the question who posed the question somebody posed the question of, of like um what was the question it was something like what would you do if 
which Fallout game would you want to be in if you had to play yourself or so, something like that? That was a question uh, AOL Password was looking for for the upcoming. He's doing distinguished guests where okay. he's talking from some people on the stream team. Right. Yes. And, and yeah, it. what Fallout game would you put yourself in as the protagonist? Right. And it's like, um, hell nah. Yeah, I responded with, oh my God, that is terrifying. No, thank you. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I don't want to be. No, I would not want to be in the Fallout world as myself. I would die. The other thing is that like, this is all, we're all talking like physical this is unsettling, unsettlingly, unsettling things to deal with physically. What about the anxiety of just having to, to live in that world? You know, like all of these things could kill you. But emotionally, how do you even get up in the morning? How do you how do you if you have a little farm, how do you leave your door in order to go outdoors in the morning when you know that there could be super mutants on your front lawn? You know, like. Yeah, and this is a constant abiding fear. Okay, so the reason I'm bringing up all these different things as what makes Fallout scary is to also hint at one of the big questions people often have. Why is the world still in shambles in Fallout? Okay, delving into the lore here. I don't want to digress Mm -hmm. too much. Sure. But you know, um, things like 76, okay, you're closer to, you understand the destruction. A place like the Capital Wasteland, okay, possibly the most devastated in the uh, continental United States uh, because of being the seat of government. Mm -hmm. Uh, But even in other places like the Commonwealth, there's a reason why a lot of places haven't been reclaimed, why bones are still out, why people haven't grown and spread. And that's because... A lot of people don't survive. Do they survive past childhood? You know, how long? Yeah, yeah. Loud dogs being loud. <laughs> dogs talking. Apologies for that. Um, He's used to this. But well, uh, Mama just got home from work and didn't get the usual amount of time before show. <laughs> that's totally fine. The, this is, I, I like integrating real world information into thinking about things like Fallout lore. So this is something to be really uh, aware of. You go back before modern medicine you go back 100 years 150 years and the percentage of women who did not survive childbirth was extremely high it was ridiculously high uh and women often gave birth multiple multiple times you it was not uncommon for families to have five six seven eight nine children infant mortality was a serious thing so yeah children dying mothers dying uh, childbirth it was the main killer of women and children at at all in the entire world up until about 100 years ago and then all of a sudden we have modern medicine we have hospitals and then we have the ability to deal with these things we have sanitation all of these things reduced that and we were able to then make that a much much safer process Imagine trying to go back to a time when that was the case and now increase the likelihood of disease, increase radiation, increase the likelihood that a woman would go in labor at a very inopportune time when she's not in a safe place and has no medical attention, has no help, has no doctor nearby, nobody with any medical training at all. It's it's dangerous, y'all. It frontier (laughs) life, but complicated and multiplied by all these other issues. So I just thought that's something I want to bring up because it's not often talked about. And like I said, our main character doesn't deal with it as much, but there's a reason why the majority of people in Fallout only feel safe when they're in the confines of a settlement or a city. Now, does that explain why there are trash piles in the corner of Diamond City? No, no. of course not. You know, <laughs> right. sweep your houses, people. We even got to sweep them out in 76 now. So yeah, sweep them floors. You know, you know how. Right, right. 
But outside of the confines of settlements, there's a reason why the population isn't growing very fast, why people aren't expanding and uh, reclaiming the wasteland as much as you might want them to. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Lainey, do you have any thoughts on any of this stuff? I know we've been doing a lot of the talking, so I wanted to make sure you had an opportunity to chime in. Well, sure. I think about the the having children in the wasteland thing, you know, obviously um, all the complications that can come with childbirth are a terrible threat. But you have to think also there probably aren't a lot of people having kids on purpose. (laughs) Right. Because if you're in that situation, do you have a conversation that goes like, you know what we should do? Bring another person into this world. (laughs) This place seems like a wonderful place for a child. Why don't we bring another human in? Right. Yeah. A lot of people are probably purposely trying not to have kids. Amen. Not to mention it's really hard to regrow a population like that. Right. And infertility (laughs) from radiation on top of that. I mean, sometimes that's the only comfort on those long, lonely nights and accidents happen. But yeah, (laughs) it's not as deliberate. And there's a lot of people dealing with a lot of things. So, yeah, that that is part of the aspect and the overall dread that informs the fallout universe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm hmm. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And I guess it's a mix of things, too. Like the the question comes up in chat, you know, like how easy would birth control be in that world? Well, it wouldn't necessarily be easy. You wouldn't have like medicated birth control, but you would have people who would be aware of, you know, being a little (laughs) bit more careful. But like you said, you probably would have higher levels of infertility as well. So it would probably be a mix of both. It's kind of thinking about the tenor of the wasteland, like why it is a scary place and a no man's land out there. Everyone dealing with it now. Let's talk Fallout series. Contrast that with the humor, the wackiness, the smiling faces on those 1950s style posters, Mm -hmm. you know, selling you your dandy boy apples and those fancy lad snack cakes, which have you ever had an apple that's that old? Like, dandy boy, do do you think they're caramelized? Like, what's the deal with them? Yeah. Okay. so my theory here is that by the by the time of the Great War, the post capitalist world was injecting so much preservatives into those foods that they would have lasted for hundreds of years that those weren't actually real apples at that point anymore anyway <laughs> they just they were, that was just synthetic food that your body could still somehow digest and it yes. was yeah so gritty and gross so gritty and gross but absolutely fancy labs fancy labs those are the twinkies of the wasteland and i i think they sound fantastic yeah and yeah clearly not <laughs> not actually organic food in any way yeah <laughs> favorite fallout food you guys do you have one favorite fallout food um laney do you have a favorite fallout food i think i have to agree on the snack cakes those seem the most uh i think i think they'd hold up the best options i mean everybody wants a perfect slice of pie you know like those are so hard to get and yet somehow stay preserved yeah it's a very very special recipe (laughs) i guess so now I mean, you could go full white glove society and then, you know, then there, that's the real good eating from what I hear from what you guys were talking about with Mortimer oh, an yes. episode or two ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's real good eating. Yeah. Once, once you've gone, once you've gone long pig, you don't go back. <laughs> There's a reason why you might crave that long pig because mm. uh, it's fresh. <laughs> it's so fresh. So fresh. A little spicy too. Just a little bit. Oh man. So, um, actually I was thinking Instamash. I think Instamash probably is oh, for sure. uh, also not real potatoes, but I bet it's the kind of thing where you add just a little bit of that like dirty water in it and just like poof, it's just like potatoes again, you know? <laughs> I bet a can of cram would be okay too. You know, it's fully sealed and uh, 
okay, this is just some wacky speculation. Uh, eating in the wasteland also scary. Everything can kill you once again. Yeah. Drinking the water and eating that dented canned food. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Lainey, do you have any thoughts on um, <laughs> on food, on how scary the food would be? <laughs> I mean, it's. I think it's obviously scary. I So we're doing a playthrough of um, Fallout 3 right now where we're trying to role play it, right? We rolled for the stats and things like that. Sorry, there's a cat walking over my keyboard. Um, we rolled for the stats and we're role playing this character. And um, we had to decide what kinds of foods that we were comfortable eating because our character obviously grew up in a vault. And so are we comfortable doing things like eating dog meat, you know, eating ant meat, things like that? Or are we going to just stick to the processed foods and the things and packages that maybe we're more familiar with? Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's just an interesting thing because you aren't just eating these packaged foods. You're also eating whatever you slaughter. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty scary, too. Whatever also, you can carry. You know how when you when you pick it up, right, if you drop it, you just drop the raw meat. Are they cooking the meat in Fallout? <laughs> Who's cooking the meat? <laughs> you mean the fact that the meat you drop is often chunky style? And you're like, wow, it's I just, just dropped a yeah. full roast. Look at that. You drop a piece of cat meat and it's like nicely fricasseed already. You're like, wow, that's well, tasty looking cat in, meat. And some of them, it's just a, like a slab of flesh, essentially. is what. Sometimes yeah. it's just raw, right? What? Mm. Who's? Who decides? Do you eat it raw? If you're carrying it raw, do you just um, nom nom write it right down the hatch, you know? You can, yeah. It's pretty yeah. gross. That's pretty <clears throat> gross. Yeah. Super gross. Definitely find some recipes. Cook your food, people. Cook, Cook your, your food. food. Cook your food, people. <laughs> well, Jess, I have some other questions for you, but we need to go thank our patrons. So we need to take a, a quick break, but we will be right back in just a minute. And I want I want to get to I want to get to you've talked about some very, very good reasons why the wasteland is unsettling. But I want I want to find out when you first jumped into Fallout. What was the most unsettling thing to you that you came across? Nice. And so be thinking about that. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. General Atomic's finest, still eager to serve. All right, this is the part of the show where we get to thank our 45 patrons. Thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are phenomenal. And a big thanks to our top tier Liberty Prime, Pie Man, Mav Eric, Jared B. He goes by many different names. He is a man of many different names and is a wonderful supporter of the show. Thank you so very much for supporting the show. 
Liberty Pie Man. You are one. You are just amazing. Thank you for contributing and supporting the show. And also thank you to Southern Rage and Stagger and Stumble, our tier five sentry bots. You guys get call outs every week for support, supporting the show. And thank you to all of our other patrons. If this has been a helpful show, getting you through your workday, your commute to work, your workout, or, you know, working on the railroad, then think about checking out the Patreon, patreon.com slash follow Lorecast and check out all the different tiers, all the different things you can get, including the big new upgrade for our tier three and higher tier threes get stickers and tier four and higher get t-shirts and those are limited edition they won't be up anywhere else you can go check out the pictures on the patreon just scroll down to where you can see the pictures and they're special just for you guys we didn't change any of the prices we just added them on and so go check them out and thank you again to all of our patrons you guys are absolutely phenomenal all right let's get on with the rest of the show if you have any questions about nuka world i'd be delighted to answer them all right jess um so when did you first start playing Fallout? How long ago was it? So this will make some people happy to hear. Uh-huh. Um, I started with Fallout 3 was my first Fallout game, mm-hmm. but it was actually New Vegas that got me into it. Oh, OK. So did you kind of just like, eh, this one's OK. And then you tried out New Vegas and you that one like really hooked you. I was in the middle of um like my second or third Oblivion playthrough at that time. Uh And it came out and I thought it was cool, uh, but my husband was playing it as well. And so it became the kind of thing where, you know, uh, you like to watch someone play. And so he was so into Fallout 3. While I got my character uh, about halfway through the story, Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how could I not, right? Got to find Liam Neeson. Um, sure. I watched his playthrough mostly. And, you know, that was that was fantastic, playing along with him, enjoying the music. And My wife and I do the same thing. We did the same thing yeah. back then, too. Like, we had very similar, like, okay, I'll, I'll play for a little while. You help me make decisions. Okay, you play for a little while. I'll help make decisions. Can I hand the controller back and forth a little bit? Yeah. It's a great way to play. Yeah. I mean, he always said I was the gamer in the house, but when it came to Fallout and a few other games, you know, we would we would switch off. And so that that was awesome. And then New Vegas came out mm-hmm. and uh, we were kind of at that point we were moving. And so I was kind of by myself back in Maine where I'm from and New Vegas had just released and I needed something to do. And so I got into it and oh my God, I just, I fell in love. And so it's been a love affair since then for sure, for sure. And then of course I finished New Vegas twice and went back and played Fallout 3 all the way through and did all the, you know, all the things. Right, right. Okay. So you, you had played Bethesda games before you, you were into Oblivion, you got into Fallout 3, Started with Morrowind. Right. Started with Morrowind. Okay. So there's a, there's a big difference in the worlds of the Elder Scrolls and the world of Fallout especially the fact that fallout is you know retro future and it's not you know daedra and creepy fantasy things it's like it's to me it's a little bit more grounded in this idea of it's still fantasy but holy crap we really could have a world where all of the bombs freaking drop and now all of a sudden we're scrounging for resources right like dystopian future is a very real possibility Right. So far too real, far too real. It's 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 unsettling. I posted earlier on Twitter. I was like, oh, crap. I accidentally clicked a political news post and now I hate everybody again. What am I doing? Why, why do I do this to myself? OK, so here's here's my question. When getting into Fallout and first entering into this world, and this is one of the best things about playing a new Bethesda game, especially when you've never entered one of these worlds before. 
and learning about things and, and going, okay, this is, I'm in a vault or watching your husband play. Oh, we're in a vault. And now all of a sudden, oh, there's this big open world here. No, oh, this is what's left of the capital wasteland, or this is what's left of Las Vegas and the West. And like, oh, what's going on here? And who are these crazy monsters? And what was the thing in that first playthrough, either watching or playing yourself that really, really got under your skin? This is going to sound very basic, but for me, the scariest thing in Fallout is the feral ghouls. Uh-huh. And not just because of how they are, you know, uh, rushing at you erratically, unpredictably, uh, coming in mass and killing you. And the idea of, you know, I, that could be me, you know, there yeah. for the love of Todd, that could be me. Um, they... They're just so scary. And you're so alone in the wasteland. I mean, that's part of the entire thing. You know, most of the time you're out there, unless you have a companion, Mm -hmm. you are alone. And so you go into a building and this is where it really hit me. This is what's scary to me more than ghouls themselves. Say you're in a tall tower, like uh, a skyscraper, tenement building, walking into the uh, abandoned tunnels and all around you you hear the sounds, the, the foley effects. <laughs> yes, yeah, over, exactly. Like, like you, you pass, you pass by like a little corner or something, and you just hear, <laughs> and you're like, Rustling. oh. God, the okay. scraping. Yeah. And when you're in a room with multiple floors, in a building with multiple floors, like say the Hornwright building, okay, going pulling mm-hmm. from 76, the Hornwright building there, mm-hmm. you've got five floors. You can hear the ghouls on every floor. You hear the thumping around, you hear the boom, 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 boom of their feet, and then they're bumping yeah. into stuff. And then they're like, and then, then you make noises and then you hear them go. And they're like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, fallout yeah. can be like the quiet place in some ways. You don't want to alert anything around you and you're walking around on tender hooks. And so that suspense, that constant feeling of jump scare is the thing that scares me the most in fallout. And since it's almost everywhere, I get scared sometimes, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I do when I play these games is I often turn down the music so that I can hear the environment better. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you ever do this? Or would that just scare you even more? Yes and no. <laughs> I actually get scared more when I turn on the, you know, the lovely uh, music that is in the uh-huh. game since Fallout 3. Right. And I cannot hear the creatures around me. That's right. almost more scary. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. next thing you know, there's a Yao Guai in your ass. Munch, munch, munch. Right, right. Um, yeah, and- you, you definitely don't want that much in your ass. <laughs> no, no, not in the slightest. <laughs> no, no. Um, so music you Ask permission good. first, Yao Guai. Uh, yeah, thank you. Consent is consent. very important, even among, you know, wasteland yeah. creatures. Yes, consent. <laughs> but <laughs> as scary as uh, that is, uh, when you are feeling strong, when you have a good weapon, good armor and stuff like that, that's when you're like, I'm jumping in, I'm turning up the tunes, I'm rocking out, I'm killing super mutants. But that's when you're kind of in control. But for a lot of the game, you're not in control. You're in a space you don't know around you. You may not have the best weapons yet and you Mm -hmm. feel all alone. And yeah, so I'll turn down the music. I'll turn up the footsteps, not high enough that it freaks me out, but Mm -hmm. high enough that Mm -hmm. I hear them creeping. I do the same thing because I want to hear them before they get to me. And I'll turn, I'll turn down the ambient music. 
I'll turn up the environment sounds so I can like creep through a building and I can hear where everything is and I can pinpoint like, okay, I, there's another guy in that hallway. There's something else over there. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to look around the corner over here. Okay. I can see that guy. Take him out. And, and you're right. Especially when you're like level 10 and you're still sporting a pipe pistol because you haven't found anything else yet, you know, and you're like, okay, I, I don't know what I'm going to come across and I'm going to be over my head in two seconds and I better just like kill things. I can't play with the music on at, you know, at night. I really can't. I, it has to be, the music is for when you're feeling good and you're killing mutants and you're out there like a badass. And the rest of the time, no, if I'm creeping, that music is down, which by the way, the Whispering Hills mod, I don't want to digress too much, but have any of you guys checked that out yet? Oh, is that the, that's the, um, uh, this the, sil- out, the Silent Hills mod. Yeah, this came out like, what, a, a year or two ago, didn't it? Yeah, I think like two yeah. years ago. They're still working mm-hmm. on adding expansions, but I had a right. chance to check it out. And OMG muffins, that is so, so freaky. Like that plays into all the worst things that oh, scare me in Fallout for I sure. I need to check this out. Maybe I need to load this back up and, and, and check it out again. Because this was something that was on my radar like a year or two ago when when it first when people first started talking about it. And I don't think I, I took the time to go look it up. So, uh, on I Robot's Radar. Yeah, it would be a fun. Robot's Radar. <laughs> it would be a fun live stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've been streaming in the morning. So maybe I need to put this on my like creepy play play some creepy games in the mornings kind of thing. Um, Lainey, I know I know your experience with ghouls is probably very similar You've talked about this before, but do you want to relay your story about uh, getting used to ghouls and how you how you acclimated <laughs> to dealing yeah, with ghouls? Yeah, I suppose. Sure. <laughs> well, okay. So similarly to what you were saying before about playing um, Elder Scrolls games and Fallout games, I played Oblivion before anything else. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got used to fighting things. I got used to exploring, you know, it, it was a real video game introduction for me. Um but going into Fallout, and 3, you were you were how I, old? Let's talk. Let's talk about this from like J- oh, Jess and I are o- older than you, so we were adults getting into these games, right? You were yes, yeah, you were older too, was, right? Yeah. So, but you were a I child, was a right? I was a child, yeah. Right. Um, I was such and, a great father. Well, I was like, here, play this scary game. <laughs> I uh, notoriously would get creeped out uh, by games. Let's, you know, let's back we, up a little bit. Game. Let's back up. You you I used to play Oblivion on my own in the evenings when she went to bed because I didn't want her to be scared. And one day she, uh, I was playing, um, I was at home during the day because I, I used to torn bands and things and I was home uh, and I was playing during the day and then she got home from school or something, right? And you came over and I was about to turn the game off because you got home from school and you looked at the screen and I was in like uh, a pause screen, but you saw my Khajiit, you saw my sneaky Khajiit in his like black armor and stuff. And, and you were like, yeah, and you were like, what are you playing? <laughs> and I was like, you were like eight years old or something. And I was like, oh, that's just my ninja kitty. And you're like, you have a ninja kitty? <laughs> And from that moment on, you were just like, this game must be amazing. <laughs> so that game was, was now on your I radar. Yeah. yeah, I was certain that it must be amazing. I really, I it holds a very special, Oblivion is very important to me. It holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you, you don't really encounter things like, like ghouls, really. Um, I guess, I guess in Skyrim, you get like the Draugr, which yeah, are kind of similar, right. but they don't really like, charge at you. You know, it's, it's none more of like zombie even... soldiers that kind of come after you, but the ghouls, uh, right. they, they charge at you in a very the different kind of way. The ghouls are scary. They like screech and they run at you. And I had never encountered anything like that before. I've played, you know, a lot of Mario in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a little Animal Crossing, you know. I mean, well, and Luigi's so a little creepy, by that but... point, 
you know. I played a lot of The Sims when I was a kid, mm-hmm. so I, I wasn't prepared for ghouls. Good choice, then, though. Good choice. <laughs> she still plays a lot of Sims. Came. This is still like her main. I do still play a lot game. of Sims. That's that is the truth. Yeah, I make houses nonstop. That's awesome. Um, Sims Online was my first online game, so I'm with you. Oh, fun. Yeah, you, listen. <laughs> you two need to get together and build houses in '76, Laney. She like. You, you would learn a, a ton like the housing sure community in 76 is is freaking amazing they do stuff that i can't even dream of like i'm no good at it but like jess would teach I, you stuff i aspire to be good at it i'm currently not <laughs> yes you should you should go try that out elgato pub thank El you for Gato the raid rated with 22 viewers that's awesome all right thank so you. go on with your story thank you so much for so, the raid. Okay, well, you know, you go into the metro and there are ghouls everywhere, you know, ghouls and raiders, but ghouls <laughs> and people I can handle. Ghouls, I was not prepared. And so I just would not explore the game. I didn't really progress um, in the main story very far because you have to start, you know, making your way through DC. And I refuse to go through any of the subways, right? Because ghouls. Um, and so I was playing lots of side quests for a very long time, mm-hmm. uh, so long that I forgot that there was a main quest line and then realized and realized that in order to do it, I would have to get over my fear of ghouls. But by that point, I had discovered the handy dandy ghoul mask. And, and so were you in high school yet or not even no, yet still? Ooh, I was okay. in middle school. I was I was a little kid um, <laughs> and or a big kid. <laughs> and. The ghoul mask really changed it for me because suddenly they aren't attacking you anymore. And so I could like walk up to them. But even when I first got it, I was still nervous. I was like, if I get too close, will they notice that I'm a human? Will they like sniff me out? You know, I wasn't sure. And so Mm -hmm. I was still really cautious for a long time before I really settled in. And then eventually, you know, now, I mean, some of you have seen me play 76. I, you know, ghouls are not a problem anymore. (laughs) (laughs) She says confidently. (laughs) <laughs> you can handle whatever they throw at you. I got to tell you, ghouls and a new clone oh, yeah. and stuff like that, until you're used to them, you know, you get those, uh, the charred ferals and the glowing ones, and they can be a little scary. But yeah, so long mm-hmm. story short, ghouls are, to me, the scariest thing in the wasteland because of what they represent, because of how they could be around any corner. They could be, I mean, you could be hanging out, walking through, and a cat flap opens, and boom, ghoul in your face, you know? Yeah. So very unpredictable, and that makes them very frightening. Yeah. Yeah. So with with a natural fear, fear of ghouls, did you find that uh, dealing with ghoul NPCs that were not insane was a little not, bit difficult at times or no? Not scary at all. No. Uh, and no? with three being the first, I, I actually, you know, immediately the first ghoul you meet in Fallout 3 is Gob. I, believe, yeah, I don't usually, believe you meet one before Gob. Unless you, unless you skip Megaton, but yeah, that's yeah. that's most likely the first one you'll meet. Right, yeah. you can go any direction from... Sure, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, so you meet Gob, and he's actually a bit of a pitiable character at first, because right. he already treats me. You talk to him, you try to buy, and he's like, ah, don't hit me. You know? Right, yeah, um, he's, he's like, ah, and you, you start feeling bad for him, so yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So no, I, I could quickly uh, see a difference there. And it's really the lack of reason and intelligence that makes ghouls scary. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things that comes after you meet Gob. I remember having feelings coming across other NPCs of like, are they going to turn on me? Is this quest going to get to a place where, uh, you know, they're, they're going to not be, you know, reasonable anymore? Like, it, it, like is the game going to do that? Are they going to are they going to shack me up with a companion at some point who's like, 
totally fine and seems like your buddy and everything's cool. And then one day they wake up and they're drooling from the mouth and trying to eat your brain, you know, like, yes, Sharon is Karen. I mean, yeah, you get in there and that is actually a fear that especially the early ghouls had because Mm -hmm. The people who are uh, intelligent ghouls who became ghoulified but didn't lose their mind, they're like, is that going to happen to me? At what point will I go feral? And it's a distinct possibility for some. Now, what we find as the game goes on is that a lot of people, if they didn't hit that point en route, they're going to maintain their faculties somewhat with slight degradation. But, you know, who's to say even further down the line? Um, Maybe that's every ghoul's fate. Right, right. So it it was one of those things, especially early on for me in the series, where I, I always felt a little cautious about that because they kind of paint it like it's a possibility, you know, they kind of make it seem like mm, you might want to be careful around these guys anyway, because some people feel that way. So you start to think, OK, well, maybe there's a reason they feel this way. Maybe I should be cautious about this. Maybe there's, you know, maybe the, you know, yeah, it does seem like, you know, they're being treated unfairly. But at the same time, is it justified or not? You know, and, and it, yeah, it turns it's out that gray just area. Right. No. Yeah. Most of the time it's just racism. (laughs) But, you know, but at the time, especially early on when you haven't met, you know, by the time you've played through Fallout 3 and New Vegas and Fallout 4 and Fallout 76, you've met so many ghouls, so many ghoul NPCs and so many of them never turn feral. Next thing you know, you're dating them. Right. All about that Hancock. You know, I mean, that's just how it goes. Right. Everybody wants to smooch Hancock, even though he doesn't really have lips. And, you know, like, however that works, I don't know. But cool good for He's you probably got a tongue in there somewhere i would guess i, I um, mean he talks sh- pretty clearly like yeah. try talking without you moving your tongue we should ask firewriter <laughs> uh she would tell us she would know she would know um yeah she would get she would get all blushed in the face but she would she would know <laughs> <laughs> so okay so ghouls got really creepy they got under your skin almost literally under your skin <laughs> tear your skin off um so the ghouls, the ghouls are, are what's terrifying to you is the the jump scare part of it ter- more terrifying or less terrifying than the existential dilemma of like much more terrifying. That's more terrifying than the existential dilemma of them. Yeah. Existential okay. dilemma is like, OK, that's philosophical. I can handle it mm. with some bourbon and a fire. Uh, <laughs> jump scares. Your girl just does not like no that. And no maybe play fall. No, no. Random things. Cazadors out of nowhere. Death claws charging you. All of these things we do not like um, that actually. You know, I've talked about it once before, so I could probably mention it here. Do you know what my biggest real life phobia is? Mm. This is going to sound so wrong, given the game I play. Uh huh moths yeah moths Moths. so i'm a mainer and growing up in the woods of maine you try to go out to the bathroom at night you're out camping you're out here and there you try to walk aside and it's bright lights and moths like swarms of moths like locusts worth of moths like hitchcock could not make a movie as scary as some outdoor bathrooms in maine like mosquitoes in florida but moths yes (laughs) Right. Got it. (laughs) Yes. And much more visible. So, you know, um, they they swarm and they're in your face and they're so erratic. And so that kind of thing, I feel like that is what conditioned me growing up, having those things flying at you and just you try to walk somewhere and boom, they're in your face. I have I have hit the deck. I have walked out my door, had moths at the porch light and actually ducked (laughs) and dived down to the porch before. Uh Uh It's uh, just a thing. So, you know, hey, go Mothman. (laughs) So, So, okay. So does does the Mothman bother you? No, not so much. Not at all. But, not, but not it, at it all? evoked it at first. I mean, 
it's like possibly Stockholm syndrome or exposure therapy. Mm. At this point, we cool. Okay. So, but we, I mean, we communed a few times. Sometimes I gave him some juicy bug butts. He's happy. We're <laughs> juicy okay now. bug butts. Sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes it's the size of this, the scale of things. You know, something like a little moth can be disturbing, but like a big fuzzy guy, you're like, ah, come on, buddy, just give me a hug. You know, it's just like no, cute. never, no, <laughs> no, not like no. that. No. Okay. The most disturbing thing I find about the Mothman in '76 is the that that thing, the like disappear into the sky. And then lands back in the middle of nowhere. The whole like, I mean, they basically teleport, but they're not really. Te- they're like shooting off into the sky and then just like landing somewhere else. And then you're just like, whoa, where'd they go? Like that whole thing. And oh, you're muted. We lost your voice. And that's not as scary. Uh, that's a game mechanic. You that's know, a game mechanic. how many how many video games have we all played in our lives? A, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, but but and it's, it's just the kind of thing. Do that. Right, but this is the teleport. kind of thing of like if you were actually there and that happened so like the first time i came across one in 76 i'm running through some hills right and um this was very soon after the game came out i was leveling my first character i was maybe 20 levels into the game hadn't come across a mothman yet running through some hills in a forest and all of a sudden behind me i hear i hear a weird sound a sound right and so you turn around and the first thing you see is those freaking glowing eyes, right? Yeah. So your creepy meter goes, bing. <laughs> like, those are so awesome, by the right. way. Like, what a great design. Yep. So creepy meter, bing, glowing eyes. And I'm like, wait a minute. Is that a Mothman? Because, of course, we know what a Mothman is by this point, because the game's been out for a little while. And then I shoot at it because I'm like, I'm going to get this Mothman. Well, I didn't know it was a wise Mothman because I didn't know the game yet. Well, wise Mothman gets freaking pissed off at me and up into the sky and then now i'm fighting a wise mothman that's just like teleporting around so like putting myself in that situation of like there's this gigantic moth monster with purple glowing eyes that i can't pinpoint or shoot at because it's just like disappearing into the sky and landing behind me that's very scary that's very hard to do it that's way worse than a yao guai There are many types of Mothmen out there, and the lurking is the spookiest thing about the Mothman, uh, the stalking Mothman, who will follow you and he won't attack unless you attack him, you know? And then, of course, mm-hmm. there's the enraged and all the different styles. One thing I love about the art design in 76 in particular is they took that idea of Mothman and those glowing eyes, and they echo it as yeah. a motif throughout the game. So when you see uh, ammo... Uh, ammo vendors and some other vendors in the wasteland they've got the two red lights up top mm-hmm. you know totally innocent red lights but at night you think you're being stalked by a mothman mm-hmm. and uh, they echo that in the design all over the game where you almost feel like mothman's always watching yep sometimes there's um uh street lights that are kind of canted to the side a little bit and the lighting's off and from certain angles it looks like eyes in the distance um there's there's specific locations in the game where they very very specifically set up lights so that it looks like pairs of eyes mm-hmm. and um yeah uh, when uh, ken and i got an opportunity to in- interview some of them they actually talked about how that was very much intentional and we the were like art design we were like you out. sons mm. of bitches <laughs> and they were like no that was that we yeah we did that on purpose and we were like ah okay <laughs> so it's not just us making things up and they're like yeah, no that was on purpose so yeah um <laughs> yeah it's but that's what's what's so cool about the design of the games is that that kind of stuff is is on purpose so okay last question about about the ghouls the um uh fell out of my brain the building in fallout 3 
fell out of theirs too. Yeah, it fell out of theirs too. Their brain fell out of their brain. Um, the building of Fallout Three, where you go down, 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 and you learn about the guy descending into madness and becoming the ghoul. The um, what was the name of that building? Oh, are you talking about not Croup Manor? Um, no, because no, he just locks himself in the basement. Down, down, down. Uh, in which game? The, oh my gosh, it's in Fallout 3. The, uh, I, I had it You're in not my, thinking of the Dunwich building, Dun- right? Because that's a different... Is it? Is it Dunwich? Is it in Fallout 3? Dunwich I mean, that is, that is part of the whole Dunwich horror thread that they do throughout Fallout, which I'm sure if you're doing building, spooky all month, you'll Fallout get to some of the 3. Dunwich I stuff. Think, Dunwich borders, Dunwich building. I think it's the Dunwich building where you find... It's been a while since I played it. You get into the Dunwich building and you find that somebody was descending into the building and they leave... If it's not the Dunwich building, it's another one. They, they're leaving notes about how they're descending into the building. And in each of the notes, they're talking about how they are um, basically losing their mind more and more and more as they descend deeper into the building. Yes, that is Dunwich. That's Dunwich. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the bottom and you actually come across the person and they are now a feral ghoul at the bottom. Yes. How did you feel about that experience? <laughs> uh, it was spooky in the extreme. You know, you see that story a bit, you know, people losing their mind in the wasteland. And how can they not? You know, when you're alone, I mean, we just went through a period where a lot of us were self-isolating. I don't know. But my talk to myself quotient is at least 50 percent higher than it was two years ago. You know, <laughs> I just constantly talk to myself in my own brain. So <laughs> I've, I've this is one of those things that I've explained to people before. When especially when like the whole isolation thing was going, people uh, I don't know. When this came up at some point, somebody was like, oh, how can you stand to spend so much time by yourself? Like I work at home by myself all the time and, you know, like, oh, I would hate to be by myself. And I'm like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a really good companion for myself. Like I'm a really good conversationalist (laughs) with myself. And they're like, what? And I'm like, what? You mean you're not like maybe I'm super weirdo, but like I can spend a lot of time. I do spend a lot of time actively thinking about things keeping myself busy playing two sides of a a debate or like thinking deeply and then thinking about the other side like i'm constantly doing that in my head so it's like i'm I'm constantly having conversations with myself which sounds like i'm now insane so you're welcome internet i'm insane but like do you guys do that is that normal? I do that all the time. That's I. Well, I thought that was normal. Turns out, so some I some people have can't hear aphantasia. their own thoughts. Like I know um, that's a thing too. So right. So I have aphantasia, so I don't see pictures in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think things, and then right people have the opposite version where they cannot hear that voice in their head at all, but they think in pictures fully right. and like moving images, right. which is so crazy. I can't even imagine what that's like. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like what you're saying. I'm just constantly thinking I cannot get my brain to shut up. <laughs> yes. Creative minds like that. I know how that works. You know, I mean, I can stand in front of a sink to thinking about doing dishes for an hour and, you know, have a full conversation if something else happens. You know, they call it daydreaming, but obviously there's a lot of different reasons for it. And yeah, it it's <laughs> not necessarily that common that everyone has these inner monologues, but a lot of us do. Yeah. Like some people, types. some people don't have actual inner monologues. Some people can hear words in their you know think through thoughts and in hear words in their heads um and uh bronx in, in chat writes uh, a deep inner monologue like i like i have a deep inner monologue is what bronx says about mm-hmm. himself very um, deep all the way to the bottom floor i like that floor. comment by casey too <laughs> i've lost armor in the dunwich pool but not my mind <laughs> indeed if you want to swim out jump out of that armor <laughs> there you go um so yeah it's just one of those things where it's just like i i can just constantly be thinking about things and for a long time keep myself active with that but 
I don't know. At some point, you need to talk to other people. Absolutely. Um, well, I hope I never turn into a crazy ghoul. <laughs> That's <laughs> then the inner monologue will go away, I would assume. Um, man, can you imagine coming across a feral ghoul that's just like super chatty and not physically feral, but like mentally feral? Oh, I mean, yeah, in a way, we meet many characters in that. I mean, one might even say yeah. that if Moira turns into a ghoul, <laughs> she right? kind of qualifies for that description. Yeah, like somebody who's just like, like, yeah, I mean, she can turn into a ghoul. Moira Mar mm -hmm. in Fallout 3, right? In, in Megaton, if you blow up the town, she becomes ghoulified and continues giving you quests. But can you imagine if she went, like, insane mentally and just didn't become feral? Are you saying she's not? I mean, maybe she is. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. Um, but can you imagine if, if like, like you lose your sanity, but you don't go feral in a, like, I'm losing my mind and now I'm just animalistic sort of way. You, instead, you went, like, hyper-irrational and you went, like, super chatty, but then you lost the ability to, like, deal with your animal side and then you just didn't, like, try to eat anything and you just withered away. But But we don't even know if ghouls need to eat. Like, some ghouls live forever without eating. After so, a while, they don't. They seem to absorb radiation and yeah. be regenerated by that. Yeah, right. depending on the type. So you could come across ghouls that were just like super chatty and annoying. <laughs> like, uh, ooh, like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. There is a degradation of a similar mm, nature. Yeah. 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 Last of Harbutzels. Oh man, we're gonna do Gollum impressions. Are we gonna do a Gollum off? Such a little can you do a Gollum? She's like, no. oh no, I definitely can't. No. <laughs> well, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a wonderful conversation about the creepiest things to you, Jess. And um, do you have anything else that registers your creepy meter before we wrap up the episode? Anything else that's up there in the like? Or, or anything in like the just like the weird like the, off the deep end something that somebody wouldn't necessarily think of but sometimes you're just like oh that th that thing oh that every time that thing shows up it just hits Liter me the wrong way literally off the deep end um all the ruined buildings falling crumbling down into the water I don't know if any of you have a fear of water or worry about that, but when you see these buildings half collapsed and submerged in the water and you have to dive down in there in the rads and you see like the looming dark shapes. Uh -huh. There's a lot of that in Fallout, and that is very scary, too. So the submerged broken buildings. Mm-hmm. Like the, the thought of being caught underneath rubble, under the water, and suffocating. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Case of not being able to see very far, you know, like when the fog comes in or you're deep in the water. Right, right. I can imagine that. Yep. Lainey, how do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with I'm you. I'm a very uh, skilled swimmer. I was a junior Olympic synchronized swimmer. So I, I would like to think that I could maneuver my way out of a scenario like that. But my God, that is terrifying. Yeah. 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 Incredibly <laughs> terrifying. You know, it's funny. We, they're all the things that will actively kill you. Like we talked about the creatures, <laughs> you know, the raiders, other people who want that uh, fancy lad snack cake. Delicious. And as we determined earlier, one of the best snacks out there. Mm -hmm. But that... Oh, constant looming pressure and the world trying to kill you. That is really, in the end, the spookiest thing in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just don't know how you keep getting up in the morning in a world that that's is that terrible. You know, like that. The, the, I don't want to get off on another sidetrack, but this is <laughs> this is one of those the difficulties of these post-apocalyptic worlds where everything's so terrible. You know, reading a book like um, The Road. Have you ever read The Road? 
No, Cormac or, McCarthy. Yeah, we're seeing the movie. Read it. read it. If ever you want to be absolutely depressed, read The Road. <laughs> because it, it just raises this question of like, it's a man and his son traveling, trying to get to safety in a post-apocalyptic setting. It's very disturbing. They are trying to survive. And it's just this question of like, would you keep going on when it doesn't seem like there's ever a light at the end of the tunnel? Is there, is there, why continue trying to survive? And human nature, like by human nature, those people with a healthy mind always find hope. They always find a reason to try to go on, to try to build a better future and all those kinds of things. But at the end of the day, if it, if all reason says that the, this will always end up bad for you and probably even worse for your child, wouldn't it be best just to put a bullet in each of your heads and just end it like that? And that becomes the question, right? That becomes the question of like in this in this terrible, terrible world of fallout, you know, ignoring all the wackiness of it, the terrible, terrible quality of the, just the unsettling nature of everything. How do you keep getting up in the morning? You know, what is it that drives you to keep keep going? Like you said, human human nature wants to survive, but that exact scenario you're describing, you see throughout the wasteland with environmental storytelling, and that just adds to the oppressive nature of the wasteland. Seeing those people who couldn't make it makes you say, wow, if they couldn't, how am I? How can I? Yeah, yeah. And we got to keep going, friends. We got to make the Western wasteland a better place. That's why we're I think... fixing Appalachia. We have to end on a positive note. <laughs> also, the fog in Far Harbor, really freaking spooky. Far Harbor, <laughs> is, so spooky. Love it. That is also really <laughs> spooky, too. Laney, you something else you wanted to add? Oh, yeah. I was going to chime in on Well, I lost it immediately. I, I was in direct relation to what you just said, but now it's gone. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so depressing. It took away your words. Oh, well, if Man. it comes back before we get to the end of the show, then feel free to chime in. Jess, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a wonderful conversation. Every time we've been able to guest on other shows together, we always have such a good time talking. So it was very nice to be able to get you on my show for uh, I've been meaning to do this for a long time. And this has been a wonderful opportunity to do so. And we'll have to have you come back again in the future. So thanks for joining us. Do you have anything going on on any of your other numerous projects you'd like to share before you go? Sure. Uh, well, first, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for having me. I know the first time, first project we did together was on episode six of the Fallout Hub. I came on with Shaleen and we were on a bit to talk about women in Fallout. Yeah. And uh, and that was fun. Thank you so much for having us then. And then a couple things since then. But it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you. As far as stuff I have coming up, well, uh, let's see. So shall I shout out my things? Oh, yeah. Go for it. Share, share okay. whatever you got going on, because I'm sure people want to want to find out about them. So, well, yeah. I primarily stream on United Wastelanders Network. Uh, that's my channel with a few friends where we do a number of different shows around the wasteland. The Wasteland's premier entertainment network. Uh, our flagship show is Everything Camp that I do on Thursdays where we tour camps around the wasteland. Uh, it's a mix of showcasing them, uh, looking at how they're put together, talking about the inspiration for them and a bit of education, too. Uh, it's important to talk about techniques, how things are done to inspire other wasteland builders out there. And then we have a number of other shows like uh, The Daily Grind. Uh, it's basically about grinding the scoreboard and leveling it's not up. Like, it's not like the 90s dance show from the MTV? 
Uh, no, no. Although, you know, if you want to do that kind of grind, you can. Okay, uh, cool. Tonight, which is a stream talk show I do that you were actually on as The Mechanist. As The Mechanist, yes. Back in, dun, uh, dun, dun. Back in what, February? Which is yeah. long enough ago now that some people in our community <laughs> don't even know that I did that. Which, that's how, that's how fast the internet moves. People are like, wait, what? That, that's a thing? And I was like, oh, man. It is so fast. But coming up on United Wastelanders Network, that's at you Wastelanders on Twitter or United Wastelanders Network on Twitch. Uh, we are going to do a couple of spooky specials coming up. So we are off mm -hmm. this week. Uh, but on Everything Camp, we are doing one night where we are doing a Halloween tour. So we are going through a haunted house created by some people in the community, uh, members of the Gorge Town group and uh, SOMO group. Uh, they both are intentional communities where, where they, uh, with, together with other builders, they build up a town. They are putting together a haunted house tour, multiple camps leading you through like a spooky hayride kind of deal. Yeah, these are, so, these are always so cool. Uh, people we'll are so creative that. with these. Yeah, these, these are great. Either the second to last Wednesday or Thursday of the month, I have to confirm that date. And then also uh, we're doing Everything Spooky, which will be an all- Halloween camp, uh, which will be the Thursday before Halloween. So watch for that. And then you can also follow me um, on Twitter at sleep is for T that's at sleep is for the letter T uh, listen to my shows. Uh, you mentioned the fallout feed. That's my fallout podcast. Uh, we're at episode what like 335. Holy this week. moly. That's great. <laughs> We've been going for a while. We've been going for a while. And that show is uh, we do. It's a community fallout show. So while if the show is three hours long, which it can be sometimes. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so long winded. Uh, you can uh, expect at least an hour or two of fallout and, then, you know, an hour of digression. Sure. But we have a good time. And uh, our premier thing there is we do a roundtable where we each go through quests together with people in the community. And we talk about how we approach them with different characters, different styles. And then we see how people in the community did. So that's a great time. And then Dames Who Game, which I do with several of my dames, including the aforementioned Shalene. And uh, that is an all-girls gaming podcast. And we just talk about what we've been playing, what we're doing, and uh, how much we love games. So those are my big things. And uh, I super appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Awesome. So many cool things to plug into. You guys should go definitely go check that stuff out. And um, thank you again for being on. It was nice of you to mention the YouTube, too. You know, I don't think of myself as a YouTuber as much. I mean, I've got, you know, 20, 30 videos, but it's uh, it gets so busy with other things. I've been neglecting mm -hmm. it a little. Yeah. Well, we, I mean, I, we're in, we're in that same kind of camp, you know, like mm -hmm. you and I both. We, we do lots of different projects. We do a little bit here, a little bit there. We stream a little bit. We do some you know podcasting. We do some YouTube videos. And uh, I know how that goes. You know, a, a lot of the content that you and I both do work better in podcast form or in stream form. But doesn't always work well for the way the YouTube algorithm wants to handle the, the content, right? So exactly. It's kind of like the third wheel <laughs> that you just kind of like sometimes do stuff for, but you don't really worry about it as much. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally get it. <laughs> Fox said in chat right now, she's one of my dames. Uh, that's Sherry from Dames Who Game. And she's mentioning, I was super entertained by the mechanist. Oh, <laughs> well, great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, every so often I get this like musical kick. I guess I used to tour in a band and I used to do more music stuff. And every so often I'm just like, oh, I should do more music things. And then I... You know, so that was that was a fun thing to be able to do that. I didn't know I could even do any sort of rap stuff. And so I was just like, let's see if I can. <laughs> if I do a bad job, that'll be funny, too. So why not? <laughs> I mean, you know, to to allow a slightly less biased third party. Um, Lainey, uh, how, how did you feel about uh, Tom's rapping? <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, you know, I've known this guy a long time. <laughs> did, did he so, wrap around the house occasionally or, you know? I, well, I would say wrap around the house but particularly, um, but he's quite the jokester. He's, you know, I get oh a good chuckle from him I every once in a while. Only imagine. I can only imagine <laughs> that this guy would be one to pull pranks. Yes. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't know pranks, definitely he's pretty silly. But, but it's, it was silly, silly jokes. Lots of silly he's a, jokes. He's a respectful goof. A respect, lots of goofs, lots of, lots of silly lots goofs. Lots of, yeah. Yeah. An occasional guffaw. Even. A, a, a occasional guffaw. Oh. Lots of, lots of dry humor and unexpected moments where I do something and then she goes, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so this thing happens where, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Go, go for it. Yeah. I, well, you know, he raised me. And so my humor is very similar to his, but because I too have this very dry humor, I, also encounter other people not getting my jokes and so then i don't expect people to do it back to me so then i go i go home for the holidays or whatever and he's like cracking jokes that are really funny and i just can't <laughs> even like decipher them because i'm just not in the right headspace anymore it takes a day of being home you know yeah. you have to you have to drink the kool-aid yeah. again and then you're right yeah. back in there yeah. yeah i try to i try to not be too stereotypically dad humor i try to i try to come at things from the side in, in ways that like the kids in don't a way, expect them. That's still dad humor. It's because he's like he's post dad humor. It's he's post like post dad humor. That's what it is. He's, Clever he's millennial dad. dad humor. Like whatever whatever's going on here is like there the next go. phase of dad. <laughs> Curse he's, you're the dad humor Uncle that didn't humor? want to be like the old dad humor. Old old <laughs> dad humor. Oh no, that's. Oh. Can I just say millennial dad humor? That's such a great way to describe it. Millennial dads are fantastic. I mean, all dads are great. Don't get me wrong. But millennial dad humor is a little bit cleverer. You know, I get accused of dad jokes a lot because I love the puns. Uh -huh. But if you can be clever with uh -huh. them, yeah, millennial dad. Like it. Yeah, millennial dad. I'm not even that. Uh, technically, I'm not a millennial. You're technically too old. <laughs> too old. Just um, a little bit. But, but. In the same way that I'm technically too young. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm definitely definitely not huge on the puns. So my um, father-in-law is very big on the puns, and he'll he'll we'll get together and he'll tell his pun jokes, and I just look at him and go, "Yep, yep," <laughs> just like, "Yep, I I got gotcha. you, I got they that love one." That. He, I got he's that. trying he's trying to get you to yeehaw, and oh, you yeah. come back at him with a ha ye. Yeah, basically. Yep, yep. Laney likes that one. That's a that's a Laney joke right there. <laughs> All right, Laney, do you have anything you want to share before we go? Oh, you know, the same old stuff. I'm around. You can contact me in many a place. Um, yeah. You know what I did yeah. is uh, right now, or is it all the time you can get uh, Xbox Game Pass for like a dollar for your first month or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, right? a, there's usually so, a, a deal. And sometimes it's like for the first three months. In fact, this summer there was one yeah. for, three, for three months. I don't know if it's still up. Yeah, I think I think mine's for a month. Anyway, um, I, so I should take advantage of that. So I've been thinking of streaming and I'm trying to rope friends in, mm -hmm. you know, new friends, friends who have not yet seen the the stream yet um, or the chat, I guess, seen the seen the other side of the stream. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, go for That's it. That's awesome. Go Game Pass. It. Game Pass is amazing. And I'd love to watch your stream. What uh, do you stream under Neos Pandora? Yeah. Yeah. It's all in here. Okay. Um, it's been a minute though. I was streaming a lot towards the end of last year, and then I moved um, in January. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then schedules changed and things. Yeah, yeah. You yep. should do it again. Your streams were great. I I loved popping yeah, in. I have all my equipment, out. and I have my my setup. You know, is here. So yeah, you make it work. <laughs> yeah, make it work. I'd love to. I'd love to hang out in your streams, and and you know, and maybe we could even play some games together again. That would be awesome. 
Yeah. 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 Maybe the three yeah. of us get together in, in 76 and Jess could help us build things that don't look like garbage. You know, I'm happy to help you build. <laughs> happy to give tips. I'm happy. You know what? We'll build for materials for you guys. Yeah. You just you, you keep tossing the concrete at me. Act like I'm the brotherhood or something. I'll take it and I'll make you something special. There you go. Ooh. There you go. We it's don't a good even, deal. Yeah. There you go. We don't even have to get conscripted to go kill super mutants. Just throw some concrete at her. Awesome. Well, everybody, oh, don't throw it at her. Well, don't throw you know. concrete no. at anybody. Yeah, that would be very dangerous yeah. unless they are like a super mutant or a ghoul coming to eat your brain or something. But um, thank you, everybody, for for tuning in. Thank you, uh, our live chat for being here. And I, I love all the conversation and seeing you guys chime in with your own thoughts and, and things. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, our schedule changes a little bit from week to week, but we should be back next week at some point during the week. And thanks for being here, everyone. You know how to get a hold of my stuff. Uh, RobustRadio.net for all the different shows on the network. I'll be streaming again tomorrow morning. I'm streaming every morning from about 8.30 Eastern on to the middle of the day. So I'd love for you to come by. Sometimes I'm editing podcasts and I'm happy to answer questions about podcasting and content editing and video editing and audio stuff and any of that kind of things. And sometimes I'll be playing games and just kind of hanging out. So come hang out with me. I'd love to see you guys in the mornings. And other than that, have a wonderful week. Stay safe in the wasteland. I'll see you guys later. All right, everyone. See ya. plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Also, look up the Robots Radio YouTube for videos about Fallout and other things. And check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash robotsradio. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Thanks, everybody. Good times. Well... That was fantastic. That was fun. Enjoyed it so much. Sorry about all the digressions. I mean, I know I don't need oh. to apologize. No, you're good. But, you know, we're long-winded. We're both talkers. We've both been podcasting for quite a long time. <laughs> and uh, you can see how my shows on the Fallout feed, we go three hours sometimes. I mean, sure. <laughs> I try to cap it at two and a half, but no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. That's why I try to keep the show, like, concise. You know, I try to, like, because it's very easy to just be like, eh, let's just talk about everything, you know. and Right trying to keep it like as focused as i can on a topic but it's 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 fun to kind of you know hit a tangent on occasion and just kind of pull it back yeah, in I, I know you don't edit a ton but you know if you if at the end you want to edit some of the you know extra babbling i put in out feel I free of course I think it's good i think it was an entertaining show i think it was a lot Laney, of fun. i think it was great it was so wonderful to be on here with you oh cool well welcome <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to meet you <laughs> i was telling tom um gosh like three four months ago uh, how much i enjoyed the solo episode you did and oh, cool. uh, this is like back in june remember you did that one episode solo when mm -hmm. he was i mean he went through multiple things and uh he's like you should tell laney but of course i didn't <laughs> and i'm sorry but i'm telling you now <laughs> well i appreciate it <laughs> thank you it was really well put together oh thanks awesome. i tried <laughs> It's fun. It's weird doing it by yourself when you've only ever done it with another person. Yeah, you're so is. used to having someone to bounce off of, right? And it's just you have to say the thoughts and then all the other thoughts. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, bring out that inner monologue exactly that we were talking about. Yeah, you, you know, just got to keep, keep talking going. to yourself. <laughs> yep. That's solo podcasts. I don't know about you, but I end up editing a lot more just, oh, yeah. you know, to oh. make them concise, to bring in the space when you don't have someone to before I even sent it to him. Yeah, I had I had cut some stuff out because I I realized I was just like 
it got to a point where I was just talking to myself and then I was just, there was, there'd be a gap. It'd be like, it'd be real good for like 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden I'd, there'd be like five minutes of me just like, who even knows what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I was like, let me take this out before it even makes it over to him because <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. And, and different people do, different, do it differently. Some people will script out the whole thing. Some people will talk until they realize they don't have anything else to say about that thing. And then they'll kind of rein it in, edit it down, think yeah. about the next point, talk until they don't like, I, I probably do it more like you guys do where I, I, I talk like the early episodes of the show, I would gather together all the things that I want to discuss and kind of, I, I would actually open up all the content that I want to discuss and have like multiple windows of things. And then I would arrange it in a rough order and then think through it and then just start talking about it. And then I would pause every so often when I was like, okay, this would actually make sense to talk about now. And then I would start recording it and kind of just piece it together as I went. Yep, um, that makes sense. That's what I do for any time when, you know, you're doing more storytelling or, or kind of walking through walking through a show there. Other yeah. times, like if I'm doing a video, uh, one of my favorite ways to do it is once I kind of cut the video the way I want, I will just go through and narrate the whole thing top of mind. Mm -hmm. And then I will um, think about what I said, write it down, <laughs> edit it, and then redo it in an edited fashion. But yeah. with the whole top of mind ideas, because that way you get the spontaneity that comes from, you know, doing it live, but you uh, get the actual you know, cleverness, making sure things make sense by scripting it out. Yeah, that's interesting. It doesn't feel all canned. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. Dude, great chat tonight, too. Elgato Pub rating. A lot of people. Yeah. I, I hang out, and like I said, in some of your live shows, don't usually make the lore cast, but I recognize a few of these names and faces. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful to have everybody. Yeah, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This has been super great. I'm going to go hang out with my wife. We've been watching What We Do in the Shadows. Have you watched that? Have you watched that? Speaking of spoopy, no. It's it's very funny. It's like The Office with vampires. <gasps> it's great. It is really it is really good. It's I'm down. Okay, this sounds like Ventrue. You know why not? That'll work. It's it's on Hulu. It's uh there are three vampires. Uh, one from the 1400s from some Eastern European country that doesn't exist anymore. No, no, it's from uh, Iran. It's from an, a country that's now in Iran that used to be around in the 1400s, and then. Uh, this English guy and a woman who used to be a gypsy who are, are a married couple and they live in this uh, they live on uh, in New York <laughs> on um, Staten Island <laughs> and they Not have really yeah, Staten they, Island? they live on Staten Island and they have uh, the the Iranian vampire has a, um, a familiar who's a guy named Guillermo. <laughs> who wants to be a vampire has been his familiar for 10 years does all the all the dirty work for him um and it's just like super fed up with him because he's, so he's he very renfield he's all you know he, when will you change me master yeah they're, yeah. they're never going to turn him into a vampire so he's getting like mm -hmm. more and more impatient about it but he's like super passive aggressive and like always <laughs> does what he is and it's it's such a good show it's so funny and and it's like a documentary like people are doing a documentary on them but they're they're legit vampires. Like they turn into bats and fly away. And so, I know you guys don't often raid people, but do you want to raid one of my uh, UWN ops tonight? Yeah, to be on? sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm I'm not very good at remembering to raid people. I'm just 
Not very good at it. Um, but I, can yeah, let's her do it. Name, I can put her name in chat if you like. Yeah, let's do it. Um, it is Charles Miami. Uh, you may have seen some of her art. She's a fantastic artist, one of mm-hmm. our operatives, uh, does yeah. a couple of shows, including WTF, which is Wasteland Jackass. I love that show. Super fun. Cool, cool. Yeah, let's do it. So we're going to head over to do that. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And thanks again for being here, Jess and Lainey. And we'll see you guys later. Bye, everyone. Uh, As we say on my show, we'll see you in the wasteland. And everyone else who does that to end things, by the way, oh, we were doing it in 2014, okay? So I think we were first. <laughs> yeah, I think you win. We're not swearwolves, we're you werewolves. Want you want all of Fallout. <laughs> you, you win all of Fallout. All right, here we go. Bye, everyone. And we're rated. All right, guys. Well, that's awesome. Thanks. No, I, I'm just I'm joking about that at the end. But I tell you, everybody says, see you in the wasteland now. And like five years ago, it was just us. So I, I don't know how to proliferate. <laughs> I think, I think, you, started, I think you started it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That was oh, I, I hope that was good. I, we're not broadcasting anymore. Right. Everything's not recorded. So that was uh, fun. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.